Welcome to the Toffee TV podcast, Ped Baz, and we are joined, which it seems like a very long time, by Andy the Pith, El Pavotto. Hello. He's here. We haven't spoke to you for ages, it seems. Well, you haven't because you ignored me, but I spoke to Baz earlier. <laughs> yeah, we've done the numbers game, so me and Andy oh, do talk, but the num- the it numbers. has been ages. Top, the numbers game regularly. It's it's that's an exclusive show on Patreon, I believe. It is an exclusive show on Patreon. Well, we're very, well, we're very, very good. I've heard. I've never watched it. Yeah, uh, you don't need to watch it. <laughs> so to do. Seeing your editing. Um, yeah. <laughs> good to have you here, and it really is. Thanks for that. So let's get, let's get into it. Um, I'll try my best. Fulham away. Now you know what we've spoken about this game and. Probably we're probably really negative about it, so let's try and be a little bit more positive about it. You're more negative. No, than you I were as negative as me. You were. I. You. I mean, negative is isn't even a word I use for you anymore. I look at WhatsApp after the game, and Andy will back me up on this, right? Andy will back me up on this. Is that after a match that Everton play, whether we win or lose, everything becomes terrible to you. Like you'd you'd find the nicest ice cream and go and have a bit and go. Oh, that's foul. That's the, uh, the your world is completely upside down after an Everton game, isn't it, Andy? Come on, back me up here. He's like shallow Hal. He always finds a fault. <laughs> it's I hate that. I hate that. I, oh, me kids better get jobs. Oh, get out of my house, Zach. You're late. It's time you got a job. Get out of my house. <laughs> Everything is just like. Doomsday scenario when Everton don't win. Like, oh, I hate him. I hate him. I hate Donald Carvin Loon. Gee, when he that, missed that. Part. Oh, like that. Honestly, yeah, that you are right. like Jackal and Hyde. But, but I'm not. I'm not. Andy, you back me up. I just think. I just think uh, the whole footy thing with everyone is crap at the moment. <laughs> all of it. Football. Uh, football. Uh. It is. It's embarrassing. At the moment, I love that. The other thing I love, and Andy will back me up is this on this. Oh, who's top of the league? Spurs. Dear crap. What about Leicester? Dear crap. What about Southampton? Dear crap. <laughs> Everyone's crap. Yeah, everyone is crap. <laughs> the only Liverpool are any crap. And they're crap. <laughs> I can tell by Andy's reaction. It's a bottle. See, half of it, half of it is to get. We ruined Steel Walcott. He was walking good back. Shut up. Shut up. That was Kane. <laughs> Half of it is the wine cleaner. Half of the other half is. I See, think, I told you, keep the old one. play him every week. Don't enjoy you. No, I, I, it, is, it is rubbish without fans. It's, it's so bipolar. Oh, it's amazing. It's so, we'll talk about the fan thing in a little bit. But, um, no, but, Andy, you know, during this game, well, during the first half, Everton played some absolutely brilliant football, didn't he? I really enjoyed it, you know, at St. Sebastian area, like, you know, really, really quality football at times, the way we moved the ball, a player like Hamas, you can find, you know, find anyone on the pitch with his left foot, is, you know, makes it worthwhile, but, no, it was it was just, it was really good to watch, and at the end of the first half, I thought, was right, you know, great, if we can repeat that in the second half, seven, eight, eight, one, whatever, you know, anything was possible, and then, the second half, positive, yeah, you can... I don't think Evan have got any issues scoring goals as long as they've got certain players on the pitch, of course. Obviously, he's keeping goals out, but you know, going forward, when people say we need to get this going forward, don't we? Know, we do need like depth, and we need you know different types of players to be able to choose from. But I don't think we've got any problems scoring goals at all. There's so many, there's so many goals in the side. Well, it feels like there's so many goals in the side at the moment. And Charleston hasn't got scoring it. Yeah, very true. I mean, 
and as I, you know, there was some really, really. You look at the second and the third goal. Um, you know, the, some of the some of that football when we play when we go forward, some of the stuff we've seen in the early weeks, it's it's really, really good to watch. And you know, the second goal was just brilliant. Yeah, the first the first half, bar about seven or eight minutes either side of Fulham's equaliser. Everton were excellent. They really were. And we cut through them and we, we adapted quite well to a new formation. And the players who come, you know, it was great to have Richarlison back. And, you know, we showed, we said on the numbers game, we showed within 40 seconds what he brings to us, that directness. And you've got Hammers pulling the string. Everything was, per- you know, not perfect, but everything was really good. Um, it gives you that hope. And we have, in the main this season, We've created a lot of chances and scored a lot of goals when, like Andy said, when the right players are on the pitch. There's obviously issues in the second half, and we'll talk about them. But I think as the as the days go on, you know, the, the performance matters less and less. It's just I think the problem with Sunday was we were so good in that first half, and you, you come off thinking it could have been five or six yeah. that. And you you want that in the second half. You want to enjoy the second half playing the same way. And then the second half was so poor that, and then because you're kind of hanging on at the end, mm. you you have like that tasting amount of oh my god, why didn't we just put them to bed? And it makes you frustrated. But ultimately, the only thing that mattered in that game was the win. But it, but you're right. We have at times we played some fantastic stuff this season. Yeah, of course. During the game, you're gonna get. Annoyed, and after the game, you're going to get annoyed because at the end of the day, I think a decent side. In I mean, if you're if you're in good form, some a decent team's going to knock. Someone's going to put six or seven past Fulham at some point because I just think they're wide, absolutely wide open. Where did he progress, John? And I know they have got tighter at the back, but someone's really going to going to give them an iron because they're just so open and made so many mistakes and have so. Um, the, play, the players are ultimately not good enough, are they? So that's what disappointed me. It's, it's, I suppose we should have been like five, at least four, five, one coming off at second half and coming into the second half. And that's what annoyed me. It was just that we took our foot off the pedal, and but by taking our foot off the pedal, we we actually lost we lost control because we were so sloppy. Because mm-hmm. we just it wasn't like anything they did. They didn't start pushing in our faces or anything. We just started giving the ball away really, really cheaply, and I suppose that's what annoyed me more than anything. Um, and certainly, if we hadn't took the three points against such a poor side, that you know, I w- it would have been a huge missed opportunity. After obviously, what it paid into it as well that we hadn't won a game for what seemed like a very, very long time. So what about six weeks, wasn't it? Mm. When you had the, the international, international breaks. Race, yeah. So I suppose that all played its part. But um, obviously, what did you make of the change, Andy, in the formation? Because obviously it's something we've spoke about a couple of times and whether we're getting the best out of our players and obviously having no Seamus Coleman means that it was a good opportunity because there's no one really knocking on the door to take his place. No, I think I think it was time, you know, in terms of playing a back three, the options were either play a back three because we thought we had with Godfrey and Holgate, we had enough, and obviously Nina and Keane being fit as well, we had enough there to have a good choice there. Obviously, I think Holgate probably needs to play with Godfrey and another, and one of the two stoppers. But then you, the other option was move either Holgate or Godfrey into midfield in the three, and I think, uh, you know, yeah, I, th- I think it was a good choice to play. Obviously, it'd be nice if we had more than two days to prepare, you know, use the mm. formation because I think as we and Baz went over on the numbers game, you can subscribe to watch that. <laughs> you know, you, you can, 
it's it's very important that you get to get cohesive in that system because they were a bit out of sorts at times. But overall, no, and I think it really helps for, for Luca Dean as well. I think it gets him higher and further forward, which obviously we saw you know he creates you know, chances for us. And I think with Alex Awobi, I think the difference between him and Seamus Coleman and and, uh, and uh, John Joe Kenny obviously was left out. Is that that he, he can help us build out from the back because he's a bit more positive. Well, he was on Sunday a bit more positive on the ball. Whereas I find that Seamus and John Joe ends up checking back and they don't sort of push the ball forward. And I think that's why in the first half we were quite positive, got high and wide. And I think a lot of crosses into the box will work well. Defensively, I think it's going to take us a couple of games, I'm going to be honest. But yeah, I thought it was positive. It was, it was. The second half, the disappointment was that even if you come out and you're tired, which we quite evidently were, we needed to push our wing-backs higher up mm. the pitch because we, we talk about the gap in between the midfield and the centre-backs. That partly is because the centre-backs are scared of anyone running in behind them, so they drop naturally deeper. But everyone dropped, so as we were getting pushed further back, the minute you go and sit on the edge of your box in a five and then you have two midfielders in front of them, you've got seven men, it opens the whole pitch up for the opposition to have the ball, which is what we did, and... That's fine if you do kind of what we did against Brighton, which was suck them onto us and then hit them on the break, but we weren't doing it. Mm. So, you know, that's where your players have got to really, you know, push up, move up the pitch, get your two wing-backs as high up in the second half as they were in the first half and create them problems. Because Paul Dominic Calvaloon in the second half was just fighting a battle with three centre-backs on his own. You know, and it becomes giving them the ball and you have to defend again. It was almost like defence the attack training drill. In the second half, how, you know, how can you keep them out? Mm. I, think you, I think you've got to, sorry, Pat, just go, on, go on. I think that when you suck people onto you like that, and I think you're basically making a back five, I think basically you just haven't allowed their full backs. So you know, Andrew Robinson's better going forward than he's the other way. We couldn't pin them back at all, so mm. it, it just created a lot of space in front of us. And I think there's no, but you, you know, there should have been a change area. Now, if you're going to defend them, that was the decision to defend in the second half. Bring on John Joe Kenny. Bring on a more natural, you know, defensive player than will because you really, you know, there's no point in the be being out there just to defend. He's not a good defender. So then I think it was when Tom came on, it it, it settled us down. About obviously Gilfie was a disaster, but you know, but other, I think it's just got. I think the issue for Evertonians overall is the mentality of I think we think we invite defeats onto ourselves and I think Everton fans want to see that us step forward and be that ruthless team that we talked about earlier Baz and win mm-hmm. games just come and destroy teams rather yeah. than be Everton if you get what I mean yeah. sorry Ben go on no I, 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 I just going to say like you, what, what you said there is perfect because it is that isn't it it is they didn't do anything really to upset us they just put pressure on they put a couple of players on who could hurt us if we allowed them to hurt us and it was um it is that idea of, you know, Everton this up or whatever, whereas really, we could have come off that pitch second half, 3-1 up, without any issues, and controlled the second half, and people would have gone, we've controlled the second half, okay, we haven't scored, but we've done a professional performance, we haven't allowed them to do anything. But I think what annoyed me, like we were saying before, was it was just that we give up control, we, we were sloppy, you could see it early on, just a few misplaced passes. We'd done it, we'd done it in the first half, but then we... Before we scored the second, we got a grip and we just started moving the ball. And once we got it, got it going, and sometimes the passes were never passing for the sake of passing, but you look at the second goal, how many passes are involved? It has to start somewhere. It starts by just keeping the ball, moving it around, finding little angles, and then open that when you get around the edge of the box, like a what we did for the second goal. 
like you, there's a little bit of magic. And the next minute you've opened them up, you you get the ball to the other side, and there's <clears throat> you know there's uh, Luca Dean a couple of times for the second and the third. And I think that was that was the most annoying thing. That for some reasons it might have been tiredness, it might have been, but it was just the fact that we just didn't string that many solid passes together to just go through like 15, 16 passes. Because that wears the opposition down. Mm. Especially if you're 3-1 behind and you can't see where you're going to get any joy from. The opposition having the ball, even if they're not going anywhere. As long as they're not going backwards, which I, I notice we tend to do that as well. We keep the ball and, it, and inevitably just keep we go further and further, further back. We have to start cutting that out as well. It's, it's great to keep the ball, but not if you're going to keep going back and back and back. So... It is the first week playing that system, and it'll be interesting to see where the cat where the carries on. Do you think that this this will be the system going forward, or will it, this be the system till till uh, Seamus Coleman comes back? Well, it should definitely be the system for me until Seamus Coleman comes back. I don't think I don't think changing it again this weekend and putting Ben Godfrey at right back or John Joe Kenny in from nowhere, not on the not in the eighteen, then playing. I don't think that does anyone any favours, and I think. The other thing, and we said this earlier in the week, I don't want Seamus coming back 90%. I want mm. him 100%. There's no point in coming back and then limping off after an hour because his hamstring's gone again. It's gone three times this yeah. season already. We've only played nine games in the league. So we need him fully fit. And if that means that <clears throat> we play this system for another couple of weeks until he is fully fit, then we look at it sound. But just the way we are at the minute, we've got, the defenders to play. I, I'm just a great believer in playing to your strengths. So have a look at that squad. Look at it and go, Where? how can we make this team better with players that I actually believe in? He obviously looks at that bench. We talked about it. Me and you spoke about it this week. Me and Andy spoke about it as well previously. He look at that bench and he obviously goes down the bench and goes, really trust anybody on that bench at the moment. And that's why Hammer stays on 15 minutes longer than he probably should have done. Whereas once, if you look at the centre-backs, you could go, well, we've got Keane, I've got Mina, I've got Holgate and I've got Godfrey. I can pick three out of them and there's a back three and it helps the midfield. Mm. We haven't got a right Kenny's, mm, I'm not sure about John Joe Kenny, but a Wobie can play there and he, he takes us forward, like Andy said. But Luca Dean can play the three or a, or a four, it's neither here nor there. Your two midfielders can do your job. Hammers can cheat, can start over wide, right, and come in field. And you've got the front two. So I just think at the minute, go with where your strengths are. And our strengths are madly, even though we're letting goals in, at our centre-back position because we've got four fit centre-backs. And we've also got Jared Brantwaite still in the squad who's fit as well. So Because we've tried Gilfie in midfield and it's not worked. We've tried Andre Gomez and he's dropped off. Tom Davis... It looks like he's a better sub at the minute. Delft is trains all week and isn't in the 18, so make it that what you will. So already that midfield we're looking and we're hoping it's John Philippe Gabamon at some stage can make a three. But just right now, that's what I would do, stay with the 3-4-3. Three, three, three Andy, is there a pattern? Have you seen a pattern of why we're conceding so many goals? Is there a you know, we've heard this thing about oh, it's the right hand side, it's Hamas Rodriguez not you know not tracking back or, or whatever the right back is isn't doing their job. Are you seeing something? Because I I don't think it's just that de- it's not our defence. No. It's not our defence. It's not it's not they're not bad defenders. But the mo- there's there's a we for me I think we allow the ball to get up the pitch far too easily. But are you seeing something in the numbers that you know show you what what it, where it's coming from that Everton can fix? 
it's not it's not really in the numbers per se. The, the the issues I think there's a couple and they're, I mean, they're not major issues, but all the minor issues come together. One would be yes, James Rodriguez is a luxury player. He doesn't def- he doesn't defend that well. Don't be wrong, he tries at times, but obviously he's not got the the, the, the engine as he wants us to get around the pitch as much. So that's one issue. I think Alan and Decoria playing in roles that probably are not the best suited to them. He can play those roles really well, I think. But I think Al- Alan's better going destroyer, chasing down the ball, winning it back rather than trying to screen that back for him. When you don't have an, when you have somebody gets pulled out of position all the time, yeah, it allows those passes through the midfield, mm-hmm. which just like you say is where they, they come on the centre halves. And then I think the other issue then is is Jeremy and Michael Keane, although the, you know when I look at the, the stats for them as a partnership, they've actually done quite well, really. They, I think out of all the partnerships, part the Zuma Keane one, which by the way was fantastic numbers wise. Apart from that, that me and Keane, they have played the most, by the way, the best number. However, in reality, they don't see play next to each other. Neither one of them understands. The, both of them want to do the same thing all the time. And I think once you get Holgate fit and you get Ben Godfrey up to see, I think it should be one of Ben Godfrey and Holgate and one of them two next to each other for that balance. Then I think will be better. I, I think it, it's just it's just a couple of issues, issues really like that. I've not having Richardson for the last couple of games as well as now because he leads from the front, chases the ball down, he presses, he wins the ball back. That that was an issue. But yeah, I don't think there's any. I don't think we've got a bat. Don't me wrong. Jordan Pickford earlier in the season, he's been fine of late. I'd say he's not been too bad. Is an issue. He's, you know, I, think, I, I, I don't like to say this, but this season he is statistically the worst goalkeeper in the Premier League for letting in more goals than what has been expected to. Basically, that's bad. Kepa, he was he was below Kepa last season, but Kepa was worse. Now Kepa's at the team. I think they've got Mendy who's near the top now, and that's the difference it can make to a side. And I think. So there's four or five things there. And obviously when Gabon comes back in, he's a bit more of a natural six. Hopefully if he can stay fit, that'll be something to help us. But it, we're just doing a bit of a transition. From, we shouldn't be conceding two goals. I think Carlo, using this back three and getting them cohesive will be a way to start you know, getting clean sheets, hopefully. I look at the 3-4-3 or the 3-5-2, whichever way you want to look at it. And it reminds me of when Conte done that with Chelsea. Mm. And he started it. And at first it wasn't great, but then someone like Victor Moses, who I I liken to, well, but I liken him to like Alex Wolves. Interesting though, he's Nigerian. He plays you know, too similar to the exactly, player. But exactly, yeah. but Moses when he played as a winger was hitting this. Some weeks you'd look at him and go, "Oh my God, he's a, he's a cracking little player." And then other times you'd watch him and go, "He's awful." And I think Alex Awobi has fallen into that same thing. And yet, when Victor Moses went wing-back for Chelsea, mm. he was brilliant. Yeah, and they actually win, they won the league. I'm not saying Everton would win the league, but I'm saying they won the league because once they got in tune with playing it, everyone was yeah. on the same page then. And, and maybe, maybe that's what Everton could benefit from. Yeah, I think you know, similar to that. You know, I think Coleman's showed that he can play as like a right centre back. I think if you, you know, mm. that's another option if you want to get Coleman back on the team and have that lead, you know, that leadership. I think Cesar was the same one that Conte played that right centre back role rather than right back because he's not he wasn't the most attacking right back anymore. And it worked really well for him. So yeah, I think you know obviously Wobi you know has got to be consistent now. That's the big the yeah. big thing. He has to put four or five. I know he's had a couple of good summer appearances lately, but we need starts where he you know puts in those performances before we can trust them fully. And but it also, if he keeps playing well, and also if you want to go back to four three three, and you don't want to play Gomez or Sigurdsson, Hammers can go into the middle to ten and have a will be on the right. So there are options for us. So sadly, I know this is mad, but I think just on Alexa will be consistency here. But you know, we at least we've got some options to get us through to possibly the summer, where then we'll obviously buy three or four players and make the squad, the squad stronger again. I think what's interesting about Alexa Wolby is though, this is that when he starts games, it's it's generally. 
because um, Richarlison isn't playing. Mm. So if he is, if Richarlison is in the side and and he does play, I, th- I think the pressure is off Awobi to to be Richarlison. Yeah, you know, mm. and I think I think that will be a big help to him. And also because if he does play right wing back, that is a that is a problem area. And if he does, you know, it sounds stupid, but you, you we've been looking for a solution in the last few weeks, and 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 a performance like that, which. Don't get me wrong, Iwobi was good on He wasn't amazing. He was good. That was a solid performance. Mm-hmm. And I think you're seeing all the best things from him. Like, he didn't he didn't have to... He wasn't over-defending. He didn't have to over-defend. But he also didn't didn't have to do anything that was, wasn't was naturally what he'd do anyway, I don't think. I think he's, he said he played wing-back a few times for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think there was anything unnaturally. So I think it's just a case of if he does get into a run of games, I, I don't think... I think you'd have to have really bad games if that makes sense to 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 look bad there because I do think that position fits him. He's, he can cross the ball well, he can dribble well, and he can he can get back enough to mm. to help out because we're playing three. So I I think that's up to him now. Like Andy said, there it's about consistency. If he's played, which there's a good chance he'll be playing, then you know. And like you just said there about Seamus Coleman, Seamus Coleman could come in as the right side of centre back if needs be. He played there last season. Mm. We've seen other players doing it now, and you've got that extra little bit of pace. Takes that stress off his body as well. You know, up and down, up and down, up and down. And well, he's in his mid twenties. He should be able to play right wing back without think, any problem. The thing with Awobi as well is if he gets his physical condition up, he's a, he's not slow. He's a big physical lad. You know, got he's got good physique on him, mm. but he does travel with the ball and and having Hammers drop into those central areas then, and then having Awobi make the runs. Because let's be honest, the reality of Everton is we should be able to have three centre-backs playing in a cave, so covering everywhere, and Alan just at the moment, because that's the way we're playing, sitting. Everybody else should be on the edge of the penalty, the opposition's penalty area. And if that's the case, and that's what we've seen with the second and third goal at the weekend, is that everyone was high because of Wobie carried the ball. And because we had that many numbers, it's difficult to mark against. You watch the top teams in the division and you watch the likes of Leicester even, teams like that who were doing well. They've got a lot of bodies in and around the penalty area when when crosses are coming Does, does in this mean that there. Alan really has to start just sitting in front of that back four and doing nothing else then? Because you mentioned before about him doing maybe something that was a little bit alien to him. And we have seen him in some of the games go, not go missing, but go chasing. Do you think that now, Andy, has to just... If for this to work properly, he has to just sit in front of that back three. Sorry. It's, yeah, it's, it's oppositional discipline, isn't it? You know, don't get me wrong. You don't want to say to Alan, sit, sit there and be more traveling because that's not his game. You do want him to go aggressively chase the ball down, but it's it's picking your spots. I think some. Let's be honest. Alan's quick. He's, he's got enough pace, but he's not quick. Is he? he doesn't mm. cover the ground as quick as say a Garner Gay did. So if he if he makes a decision, runs out and the ball is gone, I think he, he was out wide there for the, the second goal on the weekend. He just went back. The, the play went beyond him. You see, yeah. and then he's out of position. Then mm. he needs to make better decisions on that, and that's a, that'll take a bit of work from him. And he's a good enough player to do it. But yeah, we just need a bit more positional discipline from him, just to sit in, just to pick up the ball in the width of the penalty area. We don't need him out out wide trying to shut mm. things down. I know. He obviously, that's his game because he's very tenacious and wants to get in there. But we just sit in front of the back four, block those passing lanes, and let the centre halves obviously cover the rest behind them. Yeah, because the core, he really hasn't got that kind of discipline either, as he's not in he's his natural game to be that disciplined play. So one of them's going to have to do it, and it's going to have to be 
Allen and really that's for us, I suppose that's what we bought him for, isn't it? To be that defensive midfielder. I know he's a little bit more I know that's not what he was nat his natural game is, and it was saying he wasn't at Napoli, but I don't know whether Gabaman could be that natural play, but then you're thinking then there's an extra midfielder in there and you're thinking, well, where are we gonna fit all these plays in? So don't someone, worry about it. No, I know we that. We want that. We want that. <laughs> no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, is that one of them has to be a player who just sits in front of the back. The defence. No, no, it? I agree. And but I think the thing, I think the thing with if we can get Gabamon fit and he can become that important player, then there can be times when we take Hammers out the out mm. the team just to yes. give his body. But a even if it's Jordan the game, and you can have the core then as the man who's breaking. But also, what it that enables you to do is we can then become a three-five-two. And we can get the Charles yeah. and closer to Dom, which will benefit the, yeah. the both of them as well. Yeah. So it gives us a little bit of a different outlook on the way we're playing the game. And I think that's what you need. I think the problem Everton suffered over the last few games is just that 4 3 3. Once people start going, Mohammed comes inside, and we didn't have the Charles, and on the other side, we then became easy to nullify or easier to nullify. And also, like I think Andy was just <laughs> sort of hitting that then. It is putting all your eggs in one basket, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's like, and you can't do that every game, especially with the December and January coming up that we've got. You just can't put your eggs in one. You can't have all your best players on the pitch at the same time. No. There's going to be games where you look at it and say, right, today, you need a bit more solid midfield. Hammers, you come on, sit on the bench, especially if it's like a midweek game. You know, it's, if we're playing Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, mm -hmm. he's not going to be able to play all those games. And he's certainly not going to be able to play at that level because we've seen that in the last few weeks. Once he sort of, it's like it, I think with Hammers, it's almost like what I've noticed is it almost like he needs a reset at some point. Like he needs a game out mm. because what you get from him during that game isn't. It doesn't really. We said it didn't we? In hindsight, he should never have played the Southampton game. He probably should have sat out and then played the Newcastle game because yeah. he ends up missing the Newcastle game in a game where he'd, probably he, we, he'd have been a his creativity would have been the difference. That's 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 key really because we, we knew when we got him. Let's be honest, yeah. I think Everton fans know we didn't get him for free because you know because that was the price. We got him for free because he had injury troubles. But mm. what you do is because he's because he's, he can win your matches. He only plays thirty games a season and misses eight. If you win eight seventy percent of those thirty, you you're there or thereabouts. That yeah, it's just about yeah. manager that get that man. And Carlo don't be wrong, he knows he knows how to manage players. I think at the moment, though, unfortunately, I think it's that fear that we need to put points on the board and get up there early, and then hopefully, you know, maybe if some opportunities come from January, strengthen, and then he can start less than hammers. But it's just how we manage him through this period. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but we uh, listen. We at the end of the day, we got the three points. It feels a little bit well. It feels a lot better now. Like you said before, that the performance is sort of going out your mind and we're turning our attention to um, Saturday's game against Leeds. So, yeah, we're in, we're in sixth place. We're, we're, after nine games, quarter of the, basic quarter of the season gone. You know, I'm, I'm quite happy where we are. If Everton repeat, and I know it's easy to say, and it, it does never work out this way, but if Everton were to repeat the same in each quarter, mm. we end up with 64 points, which yeah. got Champions League last season. Yeah. So... <laughs> If Everton got 64 points, we'd get in the Europa League, yeah. which is the aim. So it's winning five of every nine games. It's difficult yeah. to do. Yeah, but, but if Everton could do it, you know, for the first quarter, you've got to say it. it's a decent, it's a decent return. But if, yeah, and we could definitely get near matching it in the second, in the in the in the second in the, quarter. Yeah, then definitely. you get to the turn of the, you know, you get to January, and then you do have a look at what you what what you need, don't you? And if you, there's a couple, if there's a couple of outstanding plays that maybe you wouldn't take a chance on. But 
otherwise, but if you think there's a sniff of Europe and they're going to pay for Europe, then you might as well. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. It can change everything. Good stuff. Right, let's move on. Uh, obviously, it's been announced that there's a chance that fans will be able to come back into stadiums. Uh, 4,000 if you're in Tier 1. We, we never get in Tier 1. Um, far too many people I can't be about. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just leave it there. Okay. It's, it's, it, you've, yeah. I mean, we, yeah. You don't watch the hands, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. You, listen, I've heard the rumours <laughs> about you. You do not sing happy birthday when you wash your hands. No, I'll just say it and then walk away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, tier one, four thousand. Tier one, two thousand for tier two, which is a chance we can go into. And um, nothing for tier three. You get nothing. Mm, nothing. So we, I mean, is there a point of any of this? Is there like, is, you know, is there a point of having two thousand? Because most cities, let's be honest, most cities will be lucky to be in tier two, won't they? Let's be honest, yeah. tier two or tier three. So mm. most cities where big clubs are, well, it'll be two thousand. Now two thousand rattling around Old Trafford, two thousand rattling around, you know, Anfield or the Emirates or whatever. Is it going to make a difference? Is there is there any point to this, or is it is it almost just a a way of saying, oh look, look what you you can win? Or I don't know. What are the Baz, What are the positives of this? Give me the positives. Well, first of all, is it two thousand at Old Trafford? But it would be, wouldn't it? It's two thousand. It's it's five percent of capacity. Well, I thought it was. I thought it was nailed on. You could only have four thousand maximum. In, yes, in they t- four thousand in tier one. Oh, I thought it was that they could have four thousand. We can have two. Right. Let's assume it's two thousand or four thousand. Right? I thought that's what I so, thought it was four thousand maximum outdoor, right. okay. and two thousand if you're in tier two. Okay. I didn't think it was percentages. Right. But, well, if, but if it is, it is. If it isn't, it isn't. Yeah, well, well, even just whatever it is, the percentage two thousand. Um, uh, for me, on when you look at the the whole situation and you move it away from football for a mm. minute, we're in a lockdown at the moment. And we don't come out of a lockdown until the second of December, which is next week, isn't it? Next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. So we come out of lockdown next Wednesday. Yeah. And they're talking ten days later at Goodison potentially there'll be two thousand Evertonians in the stadium for the Chelsea game. For the Chelsea game, right? But we're also getting instructions that for Christmas, yeah, you know, three households as maximum for a few days between the twenty third and the twenty seventh of December. Yeah, yeah. You can have a little mix with someone. It's very strict, but yet we can go to a football stadium with 2,000 strangers mm-hmm. and, and sit in there, right? So that's one thing which I think is a bit... I think it's just a little bit early. Okay, I think we're no, just no. coming out of a, a lockdown. I think we should have looked at this for maybe the middle of January and gone, you know what? Six weeks after the lockdown or four weeks after the lockdown, we're going to be looking to get football fans back in stadiums. Yeah. Let Christmas play out. See where we are, and then we want you back. Oh, yeah, yeah, because definitely. The, because as the vaccine starts hitting people, then we want to be trying to build our way back up towards the end of the season and getting a good amount into stadiums. So that's one aspect of it that I'm a little bit thinking, are we going just a little bit too early? Mm-hmm. Because, listen, I seen something yesterday saying they're kind of expecting another lockdown in January oh, after yeah, Christmas. Yeah. So it's almost like Third wave. you can go to game for, for one. You can go to one game or maybe two, and then we're locked down again. Yeah, so it's a little bit mad for me. The, the flip side to that is, is it a good idea for football clubs? I guess for them, it's almost like, you know, when they do um, any kind of preparation, any kind of test event 
how are we going to do this? Because Goodison's not going to go no one to 40,000, is it? So therefore, we're going in with hand sanitizer and this, that and the other. So it's a test event for them. Mm. For a football club's perspective, probably going to lose money. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not good. I mean, I've seen people say that. I've so. seen people say, oh, greedy Premier League clubs. Premier League clubs aren't making any money off this. No, They're not going to make any money off this. Stewards, and, stewards and having to be like, I think they'd probably have to be at max max capacity for stewards and, and maybe not police. Sales, yeah. uh, you know, well, they, wouldn't, they probably wouldn't be allowed to open no. much, Andy. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose the way to look at it would be they'd probably be open and say Goodison. Say 500 people in each stand. Mm. So lower Gladys, Park End, Main Stand, and maybe Upper Bullens, mm. say. So 500 people in there. Maybe they staggered the times of how, when they came on. So you have to be in the Gladys by, you know, you have to be in there by half one, let's say, mm. and staggered all the time yeah, for the yeah. different places. I think, I, think, I think that could work, but... On a sporting on a sporting level, and what what do you like? I think Klopp's come out, and I think Lampard have come out, and they've said you know things on the sporting level of it. You know, do you think it's fair if Everton could have two thousand, and there was someone else who could have four thousand? You know, and and um, we had to play them. You know, do you think that's going to give any kind of sporting advantage to the team who got that four thousand in? It's hard to say. I guess we have seen a big, a massive, you know. Glut of goals since well, it's, it's slowing down now. We did see initially a massive glut of goals without fans. So, will 2,000 fans make a difference? Probably not because you're not going to get a bare pit atmosphere out of 2,000 fans. Depends which fans, of course. But I, I think it is slightly unfair. And again, you know, obviously it's 2,000 fans. It, it, you know, it's, it's probably it's probably more than what you get from an under 23s game. I can, if it, because it's outdoors, I can get why they try it because there's only certain part of the stadium that's indoors and you're outdoors, it's less chance of capturing it, whatever you know. I then I, I think just getting the foot on the door so they can mm. start wrapping up. But then, as Baz says, it's if you're gonna get your foot on the door and then have to close the door again, then open the door again, it's it's it seems that you, you may as well just. I, I, I think the fans back in the league, obviously, in League One and League Two, they're really short of money into mm. without. Without without that injection, but as you say, with the hand sanitizer, probably with screens that you'll probably need, and the extra, you know, the extra layer security, are they going to be able to make money on two thousand fan pricing? Probably not. So probably it'd be better to you know, bail the AFL out of the government and then and wait and wait on the fans. It's a difficult one, really. I understand people's excitement because some people's whole weekends are based around going the match with the mates, mm. and maybe that's the only time they get to see them, especially in this period. But it's it's a difficult one, and I think already the consternation is about that Man United game on the twenty third of December. Who's going to get allowed to go to that? Mm. You know, because it's a it's a big game, and I think you're going to cause problems there. So I, I don't know. I don't really know how they play it really. To be honest with you, it's a difficult the, one. Well, that's the other side of it, isn't it? It's the ticket distribution which is just going to cause absolute carnage. I think you know among some people. You know, people want to know the criteria. People want to know the ins and outs of how someone got picked and how someone didn't get picked. I know there's a ballot. Um, you know that that could cause a few issues when you just think think when we're not when we're not all there. People are are, are fine with that because it's it's all or nothing. But mm. suddenly you're asking two thousand people to go, and then yeah, I can see I can see a few fingers being pointed. It's it's just there's no the club can't win really. 
yeah. by doing it. They can't, no matter how they do yeah, it, yeah. they can't win. And I, like I said, I just think it's too early. I think we're all, we've had some good news of late with the vaccine stuff and with, you know, the cases dropping in Liverpool, but they're dropping because it's a lockdown. Mm. Let's have it right. Yeah, yeah. So let's just have, you know, what's the, what, let's just have another four weeks of not going again. And then maybe January, start looking at, can we try it? Can we do it? Do you, do you think that maybe, I mean, now's too early, now would be far too early. But let's say we get to March, April time, and the vaccine's been a little bit more widely dis, disputed and distributed. Well. Do you think that the club club or the clubs might start asking for certificates of, of like, vac, vac, that you've had the vaccine? Because I know some of the airlines, Qantas have already come out and said, we'll be asking for a certificate to say you've had the vaccine before you can well, come, you on, on. come on. And I just wonder whether, and this is where it becomes a little bit um, like, you know, a little bit 1984, doesn't it? Where people are walking around. And I, like, I'm not bothered, it doesn't bother me, but it will. we've already seen the, uh, we've already seen some people not, you know, against the vaccine. I just wonder whether if football clubs did start asking, or anyone in general started asking for certificates of vaccines, what that can do to a society, and I don't want to go too overboard here, but you know, you know what I mean? Because it is that, it is that whole 1984 thing, isn't it? Of like, are you certified? You know, next, next thing it'll be Starship Troopers. We'll have to, uh, you know, we'll have to be, we'll have to done our service to make sure we can get, make sure we get a job. <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously, it's... go on, Ant. Go on. Go on. I was going to say, I was going to say, obviously, this would require Everton to build. Say that again, Anne, because we completely lost you. So, so, so I was going to say this: that would, you know, probably involve Everton, you know, putting a system in place where you could upload a document mm. onto your, your, your season ticket profile. You know, we know Everton have had trouble uploading the stream, never mind in the past. So it's, you know, it's a funny, it's, it's a, it's a funny one. Isn't it? It's like, I, I just think that's rife for disaster. And, and, and sometimes it's better to let the clubs just be themselves. I think. I think Everton. With, with, I think the easiest thing now because you can drive, you know, people drive for a match, you can go and get one of those tests, can't you? Yeah, yeah. drive and you get your results in an hour. I suppose if you then just go and show that at the match, that's a bit easier than the, the vaccination. It's who pays for that though, and that's the problem with that though. It's who pays for that? The Premier League would have to pay for that, wouldn't he? Mm. If they and then the Premier League might say, Well, wait, it's not to do with those, it's up to the club. So, it's who'd pay for that testing, and who because yeah, and that, that testing can't be cheap. And then you'd have to say, well, who, who's 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 running the the testing? And if it's the NHS, will someone go, hang on, that's a misuse of services yeah, and all that. So that, I, I, in principle, no, in, in principle, it's a really good idea. That that I, you know, I think that's a good idea that you are. And I think we've seen that for like we were talking about this last week. Some in, some nursing homes and stuff are having that. If people want to go and visit elderly relatives, they have a test an hour before. And they go, they go in, and, and they go in and get to see them. But a Premier League game, that would be a huge logistical exercise, and it would be who was paying for that exercise. So I do think it's a good idea. But the vaccine thing, I think, if you could get, let's say, thirty, twenty-five thousand into Goodison, say, and and that twenty-five had had the vaccine, I don't, I don't know whether that would encourage people, more people to get the vaccine if you can go back the match before the end of the season, mm-hmm. but. That's going to be an issue. Would they be would they be able to turn around and say, "Oh, I'm not getting vaccinated for your pace to keep me," and it's not by by law you don't have to have the vaccine. Not those people are like. It's 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 going to be interesting, but I do believe this is a little bit too premature. Do you just think it's coming out of a lockdown? Well, I was going to say, do you just think it's one of those things? You know, that 
politicians say, and we'll last for a couple of weeks, and then they'll go, right? Because Christmas feels like that anyway, doesn't it? The whole three household. The, what, what, I'm, what, I mean, what I love about the three household thing is just causing murder because everyone's like, like if you then you, it's like this giant jigsaw that no one can like. You know what I mean? I think the pro, I think the only thing in the, the defence of them, and I haven't defended them all year, so I'm gonna try my best not to really defend them now. But I just think they're almost on a no-win thing either as well, laid out the government because everyone like seeing people at Christmas and all that. And if they'd have just said, you're not allowed to see anyone, it would have caused even more trouble. People would have gone and done it anyway. So they're trying to, I guess they're just trying to go, listen, we understand for a few days you're going to want to see your family. So we're kind of saying, it's all right if you do this. We all know that people are going to do it anyway. And it's mm. it, there's no way, the only way to ensure that the rate continues to drop is to just literally go and sit in your house and don't go nowhere for everybody. And Sounds like a plan. If it's not going to happen, is it? Because people have got to work and people have got to make good money. On. People have got to do other things. Only fools and horses. Get it on. But anyway, we'll see. But it's, I just feel like this particular yeah. thing at the moment is just a little... It's probably four to six weeks too early for me. But that's... Yeah. We'll, get one game out of it. we'll only get one game out of it. We'll yeah, and they'll be locked down no, again. Some, some people will get one game out of it. We, you know who you are. <laughs> Everyone's like, is it me? Is it, no, it's not Hospitality. Me. Uh, let's, like, let's move yeah. on. Uh, Sati, obviously, Leeds United. Um, Goodison Park. Who have... Bielsa has noticed being nominated for uh, Basil loved this. He's been nominated for World Manager of the Year. Yeah, by FIFA. Do you think? Do you, without me like going on about Bielsa because he, you know, he's done a decent job there. But is there a is there a bit of overhype about him? I've seen a couple of journalists say this the other day. Mm. It's like it's not like Leeds got a hundred and ten points in the Championship. Mm. Won it with three months to spare. Have come up and are in the top three. Is it the twelfth yeah. or thirteenth? They've done okay. 15, Don't get me wrong. They've done okay. They're entertaining. There's no doubts about that. But Slavin Bilic got West Brom. I think what this is is you know like the, like Martin Scorsese. He did a decent. What was the? I don't know what the last film. What he won the Oscar? He departed. I think it was. And it was a good film, but it wasn't as good as Goodfellas or like Major Ball. It's like a lifetime achievement. I'm gonna say, is it lifetime achievement award? I don't be yeah. wrong. I think Bielsa's is a really good coach, and I, and I was having this conversation with someone earlier. You know, he's he's. He's probably going to be remembered some more than some successful coaches because he has been so influential, and you know that, mm. that counts. You know, being influential counts. But no, he, you know, he's never won nothing. He's won the championship, or he's won one Argentine um, league. I think one of the, the, the Open one years ago. But yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Bielsa's in terms of the influence he's had. But no, he's not one of the best coaches in the world. He hasn't done a job in the last twelve months that would, you know, surpass anything that I suppose you know GM fell over the road. And, you know what this has done, so exactly. you know, you've got to you've got to be you've got to consider it like that. I think, I think because he's in England now and we're such an important media market, his yeah. profile's been raised. Because when he was in France at Marseille, obviously Paris hates Marseille. I've got that problem. And when he was in Bilbao again, Castillon's not a fan, not a fan of the Basques again. And he was in mm. a small market then, and now he's in this big market. I think he's finally getting the you know the Jews that people think he's owed. I guess. There's also, I suppose, there's also a mystique about him as well, isn't it? Because for years, I think people heard about Bielsa, but didn't, uh, you know, he was Pep Guardiola's mentor, and he was this other fella's mentor, and everyone looked up to him. And now that we've got him, but even though he's in this country, he has a translator, and he seems to be this sort of, 
He seems to be a very down to earth fella as mm. well. He doesn't, there doesn't seem to be or graces about him. I've seen yeah. him in like the supermarket and all that with his leads tracking yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, you know, they love him, don't It's not quite Steve, Steve Bruce in, no, a, he's, no, in a kebab house. <laughs> no, he's not Steve. No, it's not that level. He's not Chris Wilder. Don't be being in the, the you no. know, like the community no. club with his mates. But he, all, he does seem very down to earth, and that does don't seem does, to suit does. the club leads. And obviously, with everything that leads has gone through, to get them up, and not only get them up, get them up the year after they should have yeah, got up as well. It's yeah. so like everyone thought that was his one chance, but he stayed. And there was even talk in the summer, wasn't it, that he wasn't going to stay to see mm. him in the Premier League, and mm. then he signed the contract. So obviously, he's idolised, and you can understand why. But um, but they've done all right, like you said before. They've done all right. They've you know they're, they're in a bit of a dodgy run at the moment. I think they beat Villa 3-0, didn't they? And since mm. that, they've lost twice, 4-1, and they drew at the weekend, 0-0 with Arsenal. So, they are a good side. They do have a, they have a good, like a good system mm. that is different from a lot of other teams. You know, the real high press, pushing almost five players on, on the opposition's back fours. Um, but, like, ev- like everyone who comes up, or everyone who's not truly a top four or top 16, once that squad starts getting stretched a little bit, um, and also because they come off, come off the back of only a six-week uh, break as well, it feels like they're just in a little moment now where they are, they are vulnerable and, and, and they're not playing at the highest level. The big concern for them is without Calvin Phillips, they can see goals. He, he was back at the, you know, the Wendley played Arsenal, so that was probably why they went out. But there's rumours that he's got a knock, so he might, he might miss this weekend. And I think yeah. without him, they don't really have that defence in the field who can do that the else role, I think. That's really key to the team. And then when they play like Matthias Click and there, they start to get whacked because he just can't play that role. So it is really, I think it's hard to replicate players like that we found that we can't replicate with Charleston anyway. And when mm-hmm. you take those players out of a irreplaceable your squad and you are already a bit open anyway, then you do become a bit fragile. And obviously, the line on Patrick Bamford to score goals he has done so far this season, but he can obviously go through dry patches. I wonder if Leeds would have got up last season if there wasn't a lockdown because they usually have that blip in the second half of the season because yeah, yeah. they've been so, so hard. They had that time off. I don't get me wrong, the mental of the team was probably still there but the legs were probably saved a lot and then they came back and got the points they needed and I think it's very difficult. In the Premier League, you need to have 25 you know, good players. I know Everton haven't got that at the moment but I think he's going to, it's going to be tough for them in the second half of the season especially especially with the schedule that we're on now. Yeah, yeah they've, done, they've done well. You know, they're a handful. They were, they make you battle for everything. You know, they don't give it any, you know, no quarters given with them. And you're right, Calvin Phillips back at the weekend is important. I've seen things saying that he'll miss the game. I don't know whether he will. You know, the other week, Lindelof was, had no chance of playing against Everton on the Friday night and was played at Saturday mm. half 12. So we're going to assume Phillips is in there. They switch between the three at the back and the four. They've gone back to four at the moment and Phillips sitting just in front of it. 4-1-4-1 and isn't it so but you're right Pat, the, the high press and, and the thing about it is it's being able to break the press if you can break their press they're in trouble because you look at their back line I don't think you know they're not they're not amazing are they mm. as a team um, individually they are brilliant the way he's put them together and the way they work but it'll be a very very tricky game for Everton it, it could, it's, it's one of them where Everton could quite easily win I'd love to say four nil, but we won't. We won't keep a clean sheet. So Everton could quite easily win yeah. three or four one, but could quite easily get beat three or four one. That's how it feels at the minute, just the way we are. I think we'll create chances. I think we'll create enough chances to score goals. And obviously, I think once you get beyond that midfield, I think as you say, Baz, the press, you, you can break them down. It's then obviously keeping them off us because they, they do create a lot of chances with that system because it's perpetual movements, a lot of movement, and 
I think if you're going to play three at the back, you need to drill them this week. And especially, I think we need to play Mason Holgate and Ben Godfrey besides probably Michael Keane at the moment. Have that movement, people who can defend in space, because there's going to be a lot of those slide rule passes mm. in behind for Jack Harrison, Lafina, and Bamford to try and get onto. It's, it's, it's going to be a tough game, no doubt. Now, you yeah. know, we, we joked at the weekend it could be 7 4. Let's be honest, it could be one of those type of games, but I think our quality in the final third, I think it's a bit of there's a level above theirs with the players we have. And if you can get a couple of early goals, I think you can take the sting out of them. Yeah, I mean, Bam- Bamford's obviously been in great form this season. Yeah. I think everyone had written him off, hadn't he? Didn't he? Didn't look. He didn't look. Just didn't look like a Premier League striker. But he's got. You know, he's hit the ground running, and he's um, got goals early. Got that confidence now. I think his his his, um, his goals per shot record is is fantastic. You know, he's he's, he's not someone who's he's not someone who has he needs loads and loads of chances. He's 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 done really well so far this season. So it's, I suppose it's about. Well, they'll be talking about Dominic Carvalho and stopping Dominic Carvalho. I think Bamford's quite similar. He's, he's someone who just sits around the penalty box and hopes that a chance falls to him. And let's hope we don't allow that to happen. They had a lot of, they ended up with 25 attempts at goal at the weekend against Arsenal. Arsenal at that made a, a different proposition. I can't work them out. I can't understand how they've gone so negative. But Leeds do do attack and you know but you look at the week before or the game before and Crystal Palace beat them 4-1 and you look at Palace mm. and Palace are very average side and they've got don't get me wrong they've got a couple of plays you can hit yeah but and you know beating 4-1 at home by Leicester although that was a slightly harsh result to Leicester one but well they're two teams who are like Leeds kryptonite and this is what probably where it doesn't play into our advantage is Crystal Palace will just sit soak up all that pressure Leeds lead start tired and then they'll let you on the counter and Leicester obviously have Jamie Vardy to be able to do that don't they which is the issue I think this is where we have to be sort of a bit smart the way we play and me it's either go full guns blazing like we did early doors against Fulham or it's that soak up a bit of pressure and then start hitting them. That's why my suggestion was you play 5-3-2. Maybe have Tom on in the first half, soak up that pressure in the three in the field and then bring Hammers on to win the game. You know, to, to, you know when Leeds tired a little and then start picking those little pockets of space. That was my idea anyway. Yeah, and in terms of, you know, three points, obviously, be huge. got Burnley the week after and then we go into... Uh, well, December, you know, you don't have to look at some of the fixtures, you know, that they're very, very, very tough, got some very, very tough fixtures coming week after week. Mm. So it would be um, a huge three points just to, just because the, the, the league now is going to start in the next, f- over next month, it's going to start just separating a little bit, isn't it? You know, you see it at the moment, there's teams who are on the same points or within one win of the same point of, 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 of each other. It's not going to happen in the next few weeks, in a month's time. You're going to start seeing those gaps appearing. Mm. And it's up to us to be in one of those upper echelon positions, isn't it? Because I always think once you come out of December and January, wherever you are then is, is essentially where you are going to be for the rest of the season, whether it's fighting for mid-table or fighting for top six or whatever. So Unless you're Leicester last year. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a reason oh, why. Yeah, yeah, but they Leicester, even Leicester last season, though, they were third or whatever and they ended up being fifth. So yeah. that's the group they would have been in anyway. That's what I'm saying. Even if... Even if you come into the end of the season, you have that bad one like Leicester. You're only falling yeah. a certain amount. You, you know thing. what I mean? It's you like put the punch on the board. You don't drop the way. You, it's more difficult to get mm. to start badly and get up than it is to start well and finish. But so, I think what we've got to do, we've got this game. We've got Burnley. If Everton can take nine, sorry, six points. Out. I mean, if we could take nine points, well, then, you know, I was, I, because be... before Fulham, I said if we took <laughs> seven out the three games, yeah. we'll have done well. But now we've won that away game. You look now and think, well, if we can beat Leeds at home, 
which we should be able to beat them. It'll be a tough game, don't get me wrong, but if we're, if we're talking about Europe, mm, this yeah. is a team oh, yeah, in the yeah. bottom half of the league. Yeah. Other teams have beat them. So if we could beat Leeds, we then go to Burnley, who have just had their first win the other night, but no crowd, it's half more and all that, and you could beat them. Then you're right, you're going into them big games then against the likes of Chelsea and but then I think we've got City in December as well and probably Arsenal. You're looking at them thinking, well, get a point against them and you, you keep it ticking along. But you can only go one game at a time. It's a, but it, you say that, but it, it would be impo- it's very important we could, if we could get back on a run, yeah. you know, picking up a win, the draws, you know, get back on a solid mm. run. Um, we have to beat, as Baz just said, we have to beat those teams who are outside the top eight or nine teams because they're the ones where you rack up your points. If you win every yeah. game like that this season, that's 50 points nearly. And then you then you obviously start trying to beat your top six teams. They're, well, they're not the top six anymore, the big six are they anymore. Mm. So that's not down the league. So. <laughs> well, that's it, isn't it? It's a, it's a big opportunity now. And of Everton, the, the only thing I'd say about the likes of Hammers and that for this weekend is it's six days. Yeah. It's six yeah. days before he's had to play again. And then it's another week. So. He's getting that rest. He's played more games in the opening 10 weeks of this season than I think he has probably in the last three seasons, or certainly the last two seasons, So, yeah. if you include Columbia. So a week for him of rest early on yeah, and then yeah. build it back up. We might see a nice sharp hammers again at the weekend because yeah. he's over that injury now, I think, as well. So therefore, if it's just about resting your body and then ready to go. And the other players, you know, Alan, Richarlison, the other players you win in South America, they'll all be... It won't be as well. Fingers crossed it's three points come Saturday mm. night. Otherwise, Strictly's going to be ribbons, let's be honest. Let's <laughs> be honest. Well, Basil Room football on WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit rubbish at the moment, and be honest. Do you know what no, it is? You know what it is, and it's when he gets that PlayStation 5 all his worries will just disappear it'll be all yeah, honestly it'll, it'll just all, all disappear there you go it's another podcast done big thanks to Andy for joining us we'll have to get you know get him on more if we can he's a very busy man though he's you he's know very busy he's trying to keep about four league uh, four teams going and separate leagues going he's got a conflict go. of interest with Andy he's, he's got a he's going to go the uh, the way you could see tennis centre and have a, a COVID test and come in when he's clear there you go. I thought you were gonna say he's going for a game of well, he might doubles. Well, he might go have a game of tennis. Double, as well, game of doubles. Game of doubles. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not a Tory. I don't play tennis. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. You know, follow <laughs> <laughs> Right, there you go. We'll